It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome to Around the Ozark Sports Scene. I am Scott Perrier. I want to thank you for uh, tuning in to this podcast. It's a special one to me as we're going to uh, talk Bass Pro Tournament Champions history with three of the tournament directors. So we'll get to that here in a few minutes and and hope you'll enjoy that as well. We always start off uh, the podcast with our What to Watch this week, and we've got uh, two or three things to mention there. Of course, the college football season officially wrapped up um, this week with Michigan winning its first title in about 30 years. They beat Washington 34-13 to in the national championship game, Battle of Unbeatens. Congratulations to the Wolverines. They ran for about 300 yards uh, on the ground, just kind of bullied Washington up front. But uh, it'll be interesting to see now the, the fallout on the uh, Jim Harbaugh and the uh, sign-stealing scandal and, and other things that had hit Michigan throughout the season. So a credit to those kids and, and uh, coaching staff that was able to fight through all the distractions there and, and pull off uh, a national championship for the big blue there. So congratulations to Michigan. By the time this podcast comes out, uh, Missouri State basketball bears will have attempted to right their ship that's been uh, taking on some water here of late. They've got Murray State on Wednesday of this week at home, trying to bounce back from just an embarrassing road loss at Bradley on Saturday by a 20-plus, and then they lost one to a very um, average northern Iowa the week before at home. So bears need to try to get right. Uh, they will try to against, um, as we mentioned, Murray State on Wednesday and then they are at Evansville on Saturday. Uh, by the same token, uh, the Lady Bears are on a hot streak right now. They're 9-3 and three overall. They've won six in a row. They have Valley Tests at Bradley on Thursday and Illinois State on Saturday. It's playoff time for the AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs. They'll take on the Miami Dolphins Saturday night at 7 in the wild card round from Arrowhead Stadium. That game will be televised only on Peacock. So if you're not a streamer, uh, it's a great chance to listen to The Cave here and on the Midwest Family Radio Stations, 104.7 The Cave, the home of the Chiefs games. You'll catch Mitch Holtis along with our very own Art Haynes, friend of the podcast, doing the pre- and post-game shows. One of six playoff games Saturday through Monday. So this is some good football weather. Um, as our uh, podcast guest mentioned, if you go to the Tournament Champions, you should be able to pick up the Peacock, Peacock app in Great Southern Bank Arena, so you can double dip there. But uh, Chiefs and Dolphins on Saturday night, 7 o'clock. It'll be a very chilly night at Arrowhead Stadium if you're going uh, bundle up. And if you want to go, there's a contest going on right now with Midwest Family Radio. Tickets to the uh, playoff game on Saturday night. Go to aroundtheozarks.com. You can enter in a contest for a giveaway there for the wild card round playoff tickets brought to you by Smouths Brothers Foundation Repair and Waterproofing. Thanks to Smouse Brothers for their sponsorship. Sign up, and then you could be there on Saturday night with 78,000 of your closest friends rooting on Patrick Mahomes and company on Saturday. Finally, we did touch on it there in the open, but it is Tournament Champions Week, one of our favorite times of the year. This will be the 39th annual Bass Pro Tournament Champions. Tips off Thursday night at Great Southern Bank Arena with eight top quality teams from coast to coast coming in. Uh, nationally top-ranked Paul the Six out of Virginia is kind of the headliner, but you've got four top 25 teams. Uh, Edmund North down in Oklahoma, coached by Scott Norris, the uh, former Kickapoo uh, basketball standout back in the 80s. His Edmund North team is a two-time defending Oklahoma State champion. They're 
up to number six in the Max Preps Top 25 poll and unbeaten. They'll be here. McEachern out of Georgia has a star named Ace Bailey that's going to Rutgers. He's the number one or number two player in the country by most accounts uh, in recruiting services this year. Uh, McEachern will be a team to watch. St. John Bosco from California. You've got Vashon that wins a Missouri State Championship about every year. Central and Glendale locally should be a great tournament champions. And again, we'll get more uh, into that uh, with our special guests coming up now. Pleasure uh, is all mine today to have in studio here at Midwest Family uh, three special guests. As we mentioned uh, in the open, it is Bass Pro Tournament Champions Week, and we've basically got the Mount Rushmore of the TSC in here in studio today with uh, Dr. Edsel Matthews, Mark Fisher, and Josh Scott. Gentlemen, thank you for coming in. Pleasure to be here. Yep. You appreciate bet. it. Uh, my, my, our count has this representing 36 of the 39 tournaments uh counting this year's edition, which starts again on Thursday at Great Southern Bank Arena. Uh, just kind of wanted to bring you guys in and have some sharing of memories of the TSC, of uh, favorite moments, of kind of some of the challenges you guys faced uh, back then. And, and I sure appreciate your time on this rather blustery day for coming in with the rain and the the uh, snowmageddon forecast we've got out there. But, uh um, yeah, that represents Edsel with, I believe, 19 tournament champions. Is that correct, I think? And, Mark, you had about 13? I think the next 12. Huh? 12, okay. And then we had a couple there with Randy Stang and, and Jeff Starkweather. And, Josh, this will be your fifth, correct? Correct. Yeah. Well, Edsel, if, if you would, uh, tell us kind of, you know, the Cliff Snows version of how this whole thing got started back again in, in 1985 and, and the behind-the-scenes the work that, that created the Bass Pro Tournament Champions. I was sitting in my office one day, and Johnny Morris called me mm-hmm. and said, uh, I'd, I'd like to visit with you and Carol Rob- bring Carol Robinson with me. He said, we are asked every day for fundraisers for everybody from the Springfield Public Schools. And he said, um, that's all I'd like to do one thing for the Springfield Public Schools. So when people said what, you know, for their fundraisers, he says, well, this is what we do. He said, do you have any ideas? And he said, I'd like to keep it in the sports area. So uh, we sat down and and uh, visited and and I said uh, back in the 1940s and in f- early 50s, I said Missouri had all one classification and they had the the tournament of champions and it um, we had the 16 best teams in the state of Missouri and people would save those dates uh, to hope their teams would be good enough to be invited to come and they would come and 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 play it. At Missouri State, and uh, it was the third week in January, and and that it reached the point that uh, it became more popular than the state tournament because it had the Bradleyvilles were playing the Park Views, and it was playing the big schools, it was playing the little schools, the Springfield schools was playing the schools in Smith and in St. Louis and Kansas City, and and uh, uh, but then we started to have classifications. And so the tournament champions, the state team at that time became more popular than the state tournament because the big schools were playing the small schools. And so they state uh, MSHA passed a rule that you could not have a 16-team tournament any time except over Christmas vacation. And so that made the the uh, tournament champions. We had to drop it because it would go back to the eight teams, and and sure. and so we it uh, it folded. Um, and uh, I would like to start, and I told him, I said, we would like to start that again. 
and I'd like to get the best four teams in the state of Missouri we could get against the four state teams across the country. And and we talked for it a little bit, and he said, I like the idea. And he gave us a nice little chunk of money and said, I'll take care, uh, I'll take care of the the advertisement. I'll take care of all the 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 the, trans- the transportation to get them here, and I'll take care of uh, of the, the banquet and the trophies and that kind of thing. And so we went at that time. I had USA Today in the paper, and, and I started just went and wrote the top twenty teams in the in the country in the USA Today, and told them what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And the first call I got was from Father John Savage at Christ the King High School, and they were number two in the country, starting five, starting five juniors. And he said, we've traveled all over the country to play. We play in Florida, we play in, in New York, we play on the West Coast, but we've never played in the Ozarks. And, and uh, what a blessing, because he was the right guy. Oh, yeah. And he came, became good friends, and they come back every other year, had the time of their life when they came here. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we treated them like kings when they came, and they came and, and, and won the tournament that year uh, with great players. And um, the thing I remember most was when we announced it, it was the day about like today. And we started selling tickets, and we started uh, uh, a day about like today. And I went over about five o'clock, about five o'clock, no, in the afternoon, mm-hmm. game starts. Uh, no, the first year, I'm sorry, the first year, we just um, sold general mission seats. And I went over there and we were going to start selling general mission seats at eight o'clock in the morning on the first the first uh, of of January, mm-hmm. and it was a day about like today, and there was a line from Hammond Student Center at the time all the way to Greenwood. Wow! And I walked up to the first per- and I couldn't believe it because I was we started selling at seven in the morning and I. Uh, Got over there about Coral Seven just to see if there's anybody there and see if they're set up to go. And I walked up to the first person in line, and I said, "What time did you did you get here?" And she said, "I got here at two. I rode the milk truck up from Mountain Grove at two o'clock this morning." Wow! And and then we had the first game, and when you went there, where well, the the uh, people were taking newspapers and covering about three or four or five rows of seats, <laughs> saving seats, and it's been full ever since. Yeah. And it sold out next year while we started selling reserve seats, and and uh, it uh, it, beca- it just became a happening, and was very fortunate because we had we had the right had the right team in Christ the King, then we had uh, Vashon out of St. Louis, and we had uh, a, a team out of Kansas City, and then we had a par- uh, Glendale and Parkview. They were both good that year, and they were kind of our traditional schools. Mm-hmm. That were really good at that. I time. think was Rogersville in it that year too. Ro- yeah. Rogersville was. She had good area teams as well. And if, if it filled up, it became a happening. Do you remember if any of the other schools that you reached out to back then even responded, or did you, was it just Christ the King? It's interesting now because now you get people knocking your doors to say, "Hey, we'd really like to come." Well, the best thing that happened with that Scott was that Christ the King left here. And we didn't need any advertisement after that. We yeah. started getting phone calls, and we started getting. We uh, really after the first year, why people just started calling us uh, from everywhere. And uh, I think it was the next year. I believe it was the next year. Then, when Christ the King was here, 
they, I said, I need another team like this. And, she, and they said, well, you need, you need to get Alonzo Mourning in here. And uh, he was in South Dakota or South Carolina. And, and we brought him in. Yeah. And of course, what a, what a great deal that was. And uh, it just took off from there. And Mark Fisher, of course, you assumed uh, that tournament director duty as part of the SPS athletic athletic director role in what twenty oh three? In oh three, it would have been the two thousand four tournament. Yeah, and and you know one of the things that's I think was key was you guys were were reviving a a concept, but you had to stay away from the format of the blue and gold because we already had a blue and gold, correct? Yes, and that was that was where the Christ of Kings and Alonzo Mornings and all that came in, and you ran the blue and gold. Uh, in those early years as you're part of the Greenwood thing too. How big of a change was it for you running the blue and gold to running the TSC? And, and I'll ask Josh Scott the same thing, the current athletic director, the pressure that came with following up the traditions of the attendance and the stars and the teams um, after what Edsel had laid the groundwork for all those years. You know, running the blue and gold, you know, everything was pretty well local. Uh, so you were dealing with, you know, 31 other local schools, um, with the tournament champions, it was, you know, a lot of logistical type of um, issues, you know, with the plane tickets, hotels, um, just w- with the selling of the tickets, uh, whereas the blue and gold, you know, was general admission. So, you know, all those things. And Dr. Matthews was uh, so helpful in the early years when I took over. And if I had questions and it was he was one phone call away and, and he stayed close, you know, throughout this uh entire time and uh you know he 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 was one that uh, gave you your distance but he was there as a, as a great resource so i've always appreciated that and and i think to you and josh both of you now i mean when when uh, edsel was doing it there was no internet there was no way to go on and look up film of this player and this team and national rankings were just usa today it's a little different now, and Josh, with with the resources you have, but then also the challenges uh, in different areas are greater too. Yeah, that that piece is has to be exponentially easier for me as far as access and viewing of of players. Uh, probably the biggest struggle that that I have or face on a yearly basis is player movement, and I'm not exactly sure if player movement was as dramatic as it is now, but unfortunately. Uh, the the trend the last couple of years that that I've been a caretaker of this event has been having to find at least two replacement teams a year. That's the hardest phone call to make, and it is tell a team that you're invited, but you're really not invited now because <laughs> and, and they know it too, don't they? Yeah, and it, it's actually um, a little bit of an awkward dance that we do before they ever get the official invite. I let them know, hey, we're we're going to bring you in. We'd like to have you. I'm going to send you a contract. Uh, but I also want you to make sure that you note the disclaimer above your signature that if you have major player movement, we have the right to uh, resend the offer. And what, the one thing about this event is if you don't have the players, you don't want to be here. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, piggybacking on what Josh said, one thing I found about halfway through my tenure was the um, best players – Say, for instance, a school had one really good player. Mm-hmm. Then those that player was getting picked off by the academies. And that's why one reason we went to the academies is because that's where all the players were ending up. And I remember um, we had Prestonwood Christian out of Texas, and they had three really good players. One of them was Julius Randall, And all three of those individuals got hurt. 
Uh, we still invited them because, you know, I thought it was the right thing to do. But once they got here, it was evident uh, that they didn't need to be here. It was, uh, And so at that point forward, we would always put it in the contract that if you had significant player movement, then we had the, the, the right to, to go find another team. Yeah. Edsel, you know, obviously Christ the King was big that first year, getting them in and getting them to come back. And you had Alonzo Mourning, and then, and I'm going to ask you guys about your favorite memories still today. Mine is probably that uh, Anthony Peeler Todd Day final, and and you know that year was right after the Mourning year, and you'd kind of established in that this is where you're going to find stars, you know, and you're going to see guys that you're going to see go on and play at the the Power Five level and the NBA. Uh, what was the where was the point where you started realizing or trying to find the balance between good teams and star players and was that the goal every year was to have a mixture of both we we usually when you usually when you have the good players you have good teams yeah that's true <laughs> yeah and so you know I, I guess the the I'll, first let me say that i think that mark and josh have done a tremendous job of carrying on with it and i think they've moved it to a different level and i think and, and I, I really compliment them and appreciate the hard work that they've done in my my starting with it and, and at that time um, and laying the groundwork w- was easier than the things that they're talking about now with player movement because at that time I got what I had to do was probably find schools that had really superstars that were sophomores and juniors and because they, they were going to be there then the next year or two sure. you don't go find a team that's got five seniors and just won the state you know mm-hmm. and hope they're going to come back so that's. Uh, I appreciate the job they've done, and it's, and, and it's it, you know it's a different time, different situation. But we have uh, uh, the uh, there's just been a lot of great games, but uh, it's pretty hard to beat the, the Day Peeler game, yeah. uh, and it was a close game and two superstars. But you know, I, I don't know what the what the numbers are now, but every year we've had NBA players uh, that's gone on to the NBA, and and uh, I, one of the things that I've I enjoyed was people saying, you know, I'm sure I'm sure looking forward to watching them play on TV. And they're playing for Kentucky, and they're playing for Kansas, and they're playing for Indiana, and they're playing for whoever. Well, and, and Fish kind of avoided the question, just like he did when I used to interview him back in the day as Greenwood coach. But um, you know, the pressure that came with, uh, I mean, the SPS AD job has enough. I guess headaches and many headaches uh, daily and weekly with all you have on your plate before. But when Mark, when you took the job, and, and Josh, when you took the job after Edsel uh, had passed it on to you, Mark, how much pressure did you feel to uphold that tradition? I, I mean, it, it's a big deal now. And you look around, and I was thinking about this on the the drive in this morning. Is everything else sports wise in our area has has kind of hit a decline? in interest and attendance, you know, and, and I, I'm talking Bears and Lady Bears basketball. You know, the the Price Cutter Charity Championship golf tournament used to get twenty to 30,000 people, allegedly. I covered them. That's what we used to guess at. But even it's hard to get people out. The staying power of the tournament champions, was that a pressure thing, Mark, you first? It really was, uh, and I think that's a credit to, to Dr. Matthews and Carol because of the foundation that they laid. But you know, if you mess the tournament champions up, that's what you're going to be remembered for. You can do a hundred great things in yeah. your role as an athletic director for Springfield Public, but if you mess up the tournament champions, that's 
Uh, that's what they'll put on your tombstone. And uh, but but again, I was fortunate because I had Dr. Matthews as a resource, Bass Pro as a, a sponsor, and and you know they were so so helpful. But I think the biggest issue was taking over. It had been around what maybe twenty some years yeah. or so. So like anything else, you're always worried about has it run its course. And we were very fortunate uh, with the new arena because now we were able to do additional sponsorships. We were able to do things in-game, you know. Um, we were able to do some entertainment, and it just gave it new life. We were able to partner with Nike. We were able to, to partner with CBS. And so those things, you know, it's almost like you got to keep feeding the monster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you don't evolve, then, as you said, then there's a chance where things may not look the same. And, you know, we tried uh, some things that didn't work. We tried some things that, that uh, uh, fortunately did. Uh, and so, again, I think you always, and, and Josh has done a great job of adding his, um, you know, uh, mark on it and, and keep trying new things. And uh, so we're just fortunate. In it. And, again, um, you, you don't know if you're successful until you open up the gates and, and the people come in. And when there continue to be ten, eleven thousand 11,000 people in there, you know you're continuing to do things right. Josh, you, you had a, like Mark had a, a window to watch the TSC right next door at Greenwood. You were up the interstate at, at Waynesville, and, and you knew the spectacle of the tournament champions. And, and 2018, I believe, was when you got hired as the AD, correct? Yes, yeah, six years ago. Six years ago. And, and in your interview process, I know you're probably asking – or doing your research on SPS and, and all the things that come with it, how much of that in the back of your mind was, I'm going to be in charge of the tournament champions now? Well, kind of, I, I had a little bit of a head start, not like Mark at Greenwood and being here in Springfield, but uh, Waynesville had been in the TOC twice while I was uh, teaching in it, um, actually played uh, – Oh, dang it, I forgot the name of it. The the big-time player went off and played at Georgetown, but uh, we upset him. Waynesville did uh, in, in the first round, I think actually played uh, uh, Kickapoo maybe in the consolation. Was that Greg Monroe? Yeah, Greg Monroe. Okay, yep. yeah. yeah, that was one of those where now I feel a lot bad, a lot worse for, for Mark right now than I did when I was at Waynesville <laughs> watching. I was like, this is awesome, and now sitting in a tournament director's seat, you're like, oh, my gosh, what just happened there uh, with that? And and then uh, when we had Juwan Morgan, uh, we played in and experienced it. Uh, but, I, you know, I knew – what I was getting myself into it enough to make myself dangerous, but you you really don't fully understand it till you're you're sitting in a seat and you're looking around and and it's just it's it's amazing. Um, I I don't like the word director. That's what's used all the time. I feel much more like a caretaker uh, of the event for Southwest Missouri, and and that's how we try to approach it. Who, who was the first non-player or coach? I guess air quote celebrity to attend because I know Josh you had Carmelo Anthony last year that you know a whole nother set of circumstances where you're like we got to make sure he's comfortable we got to make sure people are leaving him alone you know things like that and then there was the, spe the specter of possibly LeBron showing up a couple of years ago Edsel and Mark do you remember who the first one I, I know Roy Williams came one year was that probably the the first time that you kind of went uh oh we've just had another layer now with spectators that now we have to take care of when they come in do you remember Edsel? I don't remember. I mean, you know, there was a time that we had 
every major university coach in the Midwest. Yeah. We set we set them on the front row in seats. Uh-huh. And, uh, or up in that corner of yeah. Hammonds, I know there was that platform yeah. that you could kind of separate yeah, them from the crowd. And, yeah, and probably everybody in the, in the four state area, everybody in the Big Eight conference at that time, mm-hmm. they were here because the players were here. Yeah, Mark, do you remember who? Yeah, you know Roy Williams. Uh, he was in watching Tyler Hansbro, and I just remember him being so gracious and signing autographs. Uh, now he wanted to be left alone during the game, but he. He said, you know, after the game, I'll sign as many autographs as you want. Uh, you know, Bill Self coming in to watch mm-hmm. John Wall. You had uh, John Calipari coming in. So, you know, at that point, um, you know, we hired Dan Brocker, you know, a, a retired uh, highway uh, patrol. Um, a beefy, bulky guy yes, to uh, fight people and, and, off. And, right? you know, Dan understood athletics. Um, yeah. And so he was perfect for that, for that role, and and it was made, not that we were worried about protecting someone, but just more about you know allowing them to watch a game, and and uh, so so that was really neat, and and you know when you start bringing in then additional players like Josh has that have um, sons, yeah, uh, then and, you know and I think that just adds to the tournament. Now it may be a headache. Uh, from time to time, but that's what people in the Ozarks, you know, they want to to be able to see that, and uh, so I think it's really been good for the tournament. I just think back to when Doriel Green Beckham was doing his thing at Hillcrest, and Bob Stoops came in. Of course, I'm a big OU fan, and Bob was signing for everybody. Those guys that come in know that that's part of their public persona too, don't they? That like Carmelo, I mean, you know, I'm sure he told the people no, but then he also took a selfie with a a bunch of kids, and, and he endeared himself to, to dozens at that point, didn't he, Josh? He was great. Uh, yeah. You know, he had a he had a bodyguard there uh, that was with him, just supporting him. We we coordinated entrance and exit, and and what I liked about him was he didn't just walk past. Uh, he yeah. would do some autographs, maybe not as many as everyone would want, but. He, he did a nice amount, took some pictures, and, and then moved on. But he was gracious and wonderful, and um, it, it was awesome. Brocker reminded me of the uh, the Bronny James security detail, kind of just about – he would have fit in well with that group, wouldn't he, that, he that year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about, starting with you, Edsel, once this thing got going, five years, ten years, and, and the reputation was out there because people knew it was the way it was run and, and the quality of the teams and everything – the calls you would get from people then seeking you out to get in. And, and we'll continue on with Mark and Josh with that same question. I think the biggest thing is that you can find a level of competition anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the crowds is what made the difference. Uh, I have c- coaches come in here and they'd say, you know, we, we can get this kind of competition in Florida over Christmas, or we can get this kind of competition in California. But we play before two or three hundred people, mm-hmm. and with great teams, uh, you know it takes three. You know it takes two or three things to make a really good tournament. First of all, it's a great facility, and, and Missouri State has been better. Has always uh, been a great host f- facility for us. I mean, they've moved their schedules and their games around so we could have the facility. And, and the second thing is you you've, you've got to have the great teams and the great players, and you got to have the right kind of players. You know, you you don't want to bring what I term as a hot dog or, or or somebody that's you know that's all about me kind of a guy. Yeah. And and um, and then thirdly, you got to have a crowd, and it's the largest crowd in the United States for high school basketball. That's not a state tournament finals. Yeah. 
and the process changed with the invention of the internet too. I'm sure did it, Mark, in terms of and Josh, the, the people you could reach out to. But were your in, email inboxes being filled up with, "Hey, I got a player, I got a team, or you should call these guys"? Was that starting to happen after? The groundwork that Edsel had laid as well? Yeah, really, uh, it did. You had to be careful because uh, not everyone, they may have a nice player, they may have a nice team, but they may not be the quality of, of the teams that we were looking for. So or, or individuals. Yeah. Or, or they, uh, you know, you do your background check on them and, and they may not be a, a good fit for, for the event. Yeah. We had one come in, and we had one early come in and tear up the hotel. Yeah. A team or a player? Team. Team. And they're obviously not back after that, and, right? And they yeah. were told. Yeah. That they would never, you know, they would never get an invitation, no matter how good they were. I, I know that, uh, Mark, you used to do this. I think you took Marty Marsh on several of these junkets. And, Josh, you, you guys uh, scout out all the time for the, the, the next year and the year after. Um, is it almost like shopping a little bit, Josh, to a degree? And are you everybody's best friend up until you announce the eight teams? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, we we get quite a bit of inquiries, um, but we've also been able to build almost like a circle of trust of people that that are in different spots around the country. That when someone reaches out, uh, we're able to have a sounding board uh, to say, "Hey, have, what do you know about this coach? What about the way they play? How do they act?" And uh, so we're we have such a wide net right now. So you've got some go-to people you can call and ask. And Mark, I'm sure you did too over the years. We did, you know, because in the early years when I took over, still trying to build those relationships. And the first call was to Christ the King, say, "Hey, so and so school is, you know, we're trying to get. Can you make a phone call?" And you know, that's that's all it took. And you know, bouncing back to the, an earlier question about this tournament and by getting the right teams and and what the event why the event's different than than any other tournament is i we used to tell the the players and and the coaches that if you know you can go anywhere to find three basketball games if you come to the bass pro tournament champions and when you leave the only thing you're talking about are the three basketball games that you played then we've failed you because this is more than just three games this is about you understanding the culture of, of Springfield and the Ozarks, and then us understanding, you know, where they're coming from, you know, like East Coast basketball or or how basketball is played in the South or on the West Coast. So this is more than just <clears throat> the playing of three basketball games for, for each team that come uh, come in. And that goes back to, I remember Edsel's stories about uh, Bob Olivo and Father John and Christ the King coming back in the mid-'80s, and Edsel, you guys taking them out to your farm. Yeah. Uh, Coach Keltner arranged it, I think, Mike Keltner, and they saw their first cow patty, didn't they, down <laughs> in the grass and wonder what that was, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it was more than just a basketball experience. And, and I'm sure that's something you probably have dozens of stories about the off-the-court stuff that happened in the early years. We've had great uh, honorary coaches here. Yeah. And they've taken them places. And they've taken them to Bass Pro Shops. And they've taken them, like you say, to farms. They've taken them to Branson to a show. Um the one they come in early one night and stay the night later, and then go to Branson and for entertainment and a show, and the, and that word gets around, um, and it's uh, you know it, it it's become a happening. I, I wonder now, Josh, especially in your era now. I, I mean, sports are different now. I mean, we have NIL name, image, likeness, and we have colleges dropping bags of cash in front of kids before they've even played a college down, and they're not supposed to, but they do. It's the world we live in now. And, and Mark, this probably crossed over into your area a little bit too. 
Was there ever a point where teams kind of started wanting appearance money or, or hey, we'll come if you'll do this? And, and I don't think Edsel probably ran into that, but Mark, did you run into it? No, we really didn't. Uh, the only thing we would run into maybe is if someone wanted an extra plane ticket or uh, an extra hotel room. And, and you know, depending on the circumstance of the case, and, you know, we if we were able to do that, then we would. But I really didn't uh, run into that. I'm not sure, Edsel, if you... Uh, ever had that situation? Josh I did not. Probably, maybe. Uh, Josh is smack dab in the new world of of sports. Now, do you see that at all, or do you hear it? No, we've not reached into that. But it, there's also an allure of our event where people want to be here and they understand what we do and and how we do it. So uh, I'm very upfront. Here's our package. Here's what we will do. Uh, if we have to negotiate a little bit on a plane ticket or a little bit on meal money, we can do that. But it's we don't. We haven't had that situation yet that you're talking about. Are the shoe wars still a thing out there between the companies, and do they try to to send teams? Or I mean, do you have people you can go to with the shoe companies, or how does that work, Josh? So one of the things that we've stayed loyal to is is where we've been with Dr. Matthews and and Mark, and that's just you know we use Nike, mm-hmm. and and Nike is a huge partner to get the coaches and the teams and. Uh, where high school elite basketball is, Nike still um, has a great mark on that, and we've not pursued anything else. Yeah, I think that was one of our things when we moved into the new arena. We were able to secure a sponsorship with Nike and Tony Dorado, and it wasn't really about the product that we were getting. It was more about the relationships building with those Nike schools where we could make a phone call to Tony Dorado and he could secure, you know, some of his team's players. Sure. And and, the, and really the, the neat thing about Tony and the relationship with Nike, they did not prohibit us from getting a school that, uh, per se that was with Adidas or Under Armour. We just didn't want three or four of those teams. So so it's been a great partnership, and, uh, and that really kind of helped uh, uh, keep the tournament alive also. So two, not, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Two years ago, uh, we were we were coming out of COVID. Uh, a lot of events nationally were canceled, and Sierra Canyon was supposed to go to the Hoop Hall uh, in Springfield, Mass, and, and it was COVIDed out uh, that that event. And so there was a lot of talk that they would go to Springfield the next year and, and skip us where they were identified. But Nike and Tony is is I fully attribute to uh, Sierra Canyon and Bronny James team ending up in in the Bass Pro. So I guess we'll get to the uh, favorite memories. You know, I mentioned mine that would always be the, the Peeler Day game, the way that, you know, Peeler was shut out in the first half, and then I think he had three or four steals in a row to start the second half, and three of them with dunks. The place just went nuts. But my other one would be the uh, the Bud Lathrop breakfast speech uh, one <laughs> year where I think you guys wanted him to limit it to, what, 10 or 15 minutes, Edsel, and Bud went on for uh, it seemed like an hour, but that was Bud Lathrop, wasn't it? That was Bud Lathrop. <laughs> <laughs> there was no time limit on Bud Lathrop. But, but Edsel, what, what, to start with you, what are your favorite memories uh, over 39, now 39 years of this tournament? I think that game is, is one that always sticks out in my mind. Um, the game uh, with, uh, with Vashon and uh, 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 Christ the King the first, the first year, Really stands out because it was a forty-nine to forty-eight game, I think, or a forty-eight to forty-seven game, and uh, you know it was it was it was a game that, and then I I um, I I appreciated uh, 
some of the the, the really I, I appreciated some of the games where that that the Hartvilles could come in and play, mm-hmm. and uh, I still get uh, I was still running to people from Hartville and and the Nicholsons at Fairgrove at Ashgrove and, and come in and and just say we appreciated the opportunity to play against uh, this, these caliber of, of, of players. Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I just I just look upon it, and I guess whenever I was watching the games. I, it was hard for me to watch the games as a spectator. <laughs> I, was, I was more concerned about the the game. Um, one of the things that, that I always appreciated, Scott, was our officials. Mm-hmm. And I always met with officials and fed them on Sunday before <laughs> before the tournament. And uh, we'd, we'd sit down and we'd have a meal together. And I'd say, you know, uh, I'm not telling you what to call and what not to call, but we are going to all call it the same. And you're going to be bringing – teams in here from all over the country and some of them and some of them are used to certain kinds of officiating and some are not and I want to be consistent and when they come in I'm going to tell the coaches you know this is the way the game's going to be called and I expect you to call it that way because we can't come in and and uh, and, and be inconsistent from game to game and and uh, the officials have done I think a really really good job over the years of of uh, of calling the game consistently. Is there a Jordan rule? You don't foul out the stars? Uh, we got all three no, of you here. That was never mentioned. Never mentioned, Fish? No, it wasn't mentioned, but I think just by the officials, you know, they know that there's 10,000 people in the arena and they want to see the best players. Um, you know, a foul is a foul, but, um, you know, there's probably some um, some leeway in there. and. Yeah. Uh, whether that's in a seventh grade game or NBA finals or the tournament champions. So our officials have used good judgment and it goes all the way back to, to coach Jim Vaughn and his association with the tournament and, and now Kelly Hold and Well and, uh, and Josh, I mean you admit this, you just it's hard to call, isn't it, with the athleticism that's on the floor? This is a yeah, this is a level that they don't see other yeah. than this this time, which is why we're so guarded on the officials in the event. They they do a great job, have a lot of pride in it, and uh, I, I always think it is not it – is, it, it's kind of unfair to officials in the fact of the better job they do, the less notice they, they're seen. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, your, your memories? You know, really, my uh, early years was Tyler Hansbrough, his perfect game where he, you know, made every free throw, every two-point shot. And that was a hard guy to call his games, oh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, because he would, he would foul himself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'd was, be like uh, pass interference in the NFL. You could literally call Hansborough about every trip down, uh, couldn't you, for something? I mean, he was probably my most favorite player to watch just because he wasn't the most talented, but he played the game the way it's supposed to be played. And, and then I think, you know, when uh, John Wall came in, uh, just, you know, um, he was, you know, number one player in the country. And then you had uh, the Ice Storm in 07. And then uh, and then the Ball Brothers, you know, we caught mm-hmm. them right on the uh, the forefront of what, you know, they became. And, and I remember, I think it was a third place game. It was the Ball Brothers versus Malik Monk. And Malik had maybe 50 and, and uh, uh, one of the balls had 42 or three. And then as soon as that game was over, that was the first year we started the dunk contest. And 
and Malik Monk came out from behind the curtains right before the because we didn't know if he was going to be in the event or not. He came in and, and won the, the the dunk contest. So just those types of um, you know memories, and uh, it's not always about a game. It's maybe about a individual performance or, or something that happened during one of those contests. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention too the Teddy Dupay game. With, with what fifty eight, you know, in a, in, yeah, and Break Bell went for forty two or forty four, and and was the, the second story of the game there. But uh, Josh, what about in, in your five years now? What what are your favorite memories so far? So I look at this and I'm realizing I'm doing something wrong because I don't know if I've watched a complete basketball <laughs> game unless you add up all five years of them. Fish uh, had a staff of about 15 <laughs> handling all over of them. to last. So uh, I'm not sure that I'm doing it right. Mine, mine are actually. Both just um, probably shown you the power of the event. You know, we had we had Milton in a couple of years back, and, and they had an unbelievable team. And and you don't usually see a, a team come in and play six kids uh, at this national level competition. And and Coach emailed me in March, and he said, "I always reflect over the entire year at the end of it, and I wanted to send you a note to make sure that you all knew your tournament is the best in the country. There's nothing even close to it. And it, to get an email like that in March is huge. And and I uh, was talking to a, another team, uh, well, Adam Donius from from Link Academy, and I knew they were going down to the City of Palms, and I knew they were they were scheduled to play someone that I was interested in for next year. And if this was uh, you know first game of the year at Central. And I went to Adam and I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to ask you to do me a favor while you're in Florida. And he, he, he stopped me and he said, I want to tell you a story first. And, and I said, okay. And, you know, I really wanted to ask you this question, but he, he started in, he goes, I was approached by another major basketball event and the, the director wanted me to write an intro to his book about that event being the best basketball tournament in the country and, and wanted to have our experience as, you know, national uh, champions and, I stopped him and I said, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but we've been to the Bass Pro and that's the number one tournament in the country. So unfortunately, I can't write your intro. Wow. And so when you hear stories like that, that's that's not me. That's that's not our staff. That's, that's Southwest Missouri. That's the tradition. That's the fans. That's just what Mark talked about. That's going to big shots. That's meeting the honorary coaches. That's getting the wow. That's the fans wanting to sign autographs of kids that, you know, the top two or three uh, student athletes on those teams are getting autographs asked, but probably not everyone on the teams like is happening at our event. So it's just uh, the, the the overall treatment is different with us for four days. You know, and again, we're talking about memories. Uh, you know, one that we need to mention is they're being honored in the uh, the TSC Hall of Fame this year, the Glendale victory in '94, and and uh, I had a chance to talk to Stu Stinger and Brad Forbacher and. Coach Keltner, about you know, thirty years later now, what does that mean? And and you know, the the, the two players joke that their wives say, "Oh, here we go again." They're going to be talking about that, but that's another one of those that you know, local team wins tournament for the first time. I just got to think back, Edsel and Josh. You know, there was a really good Greenwood team in the early nineties with Monty Marsh and Tad Penninger. Was that probably the biggest crime that they didn't get to play one of those teams? Fish, how would you have done in the TSC? Well. Dr. Matthews said our team was good enough, but our coaching was bad. <laughs> so so uh, that kept us out. But, but, you know, here's what, I, you know, looking at Dr. Matthews and Josh, you know, who's going to tell these stories, you know, in the next 30, 40 years? It'd be nice if somebody with writing ability 
could write a book about the term. It would, yeah. yeah. Maybe we can hook you up with somebody, okay, or somebody that's done the program for maybe, a few you know, years. I hear there's yeah. with all your free time that maybe yes. a project. Uh, here, maybe there's a kid in Arkansas that we could pay maybe Ben some yeah, years with. Yeah, the, the little one. Yeah. yeah, or when you're looking for your ball in the rough, I can just whip out a notebook and start writing a little bit more there, fish. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but that would be needed. Uh, if yeah, somebody could tell the story from the beginning um, and and keep this tradition absolutely. Alive. Well, and again, the 39th uh, Bass Pro Tournament Champions starts this Thursday night, the day this podcast comes out, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Great Southern Bank Arena, another great uh, team or great field. Josh, kind of give us a preview of what people can see this weekend. Yeah, we're really excited. We have four of the top 25 teams in the country coming into the event. Uh, this year's a little bit different like it was a couple years ago. Everyone in the field will have the ability to play for a state championship in their home state. So we have... Uh, Number one team in the country, Paul the Sixth. Number six team, Edmund North out of Oklahoma. Number 13, McEachern out of Georgia. And then we have number 25 team, St. John Bosco out of California. And that's not even touching the number two and six teams in the state of Missouri with Springfield Central coming in at number two and Vashon coming in at number six, who, you know, Vashon about ready to go for their third state championship in a row. So uh, we have unbelievable team Springfield Glendale is coming in and then uh, a team that's right now coming in under the radar Rainier Beach uh, out of Seattle Washington who is just now getting healthy at the right time so I I think some people have seen four losses and and wonder why we're bringing them in but I think their potential is going to going to be there Uh, we have I, I believe 14 top 100 players we have the Number one or two player in the in the 2024 class of, in Bailey coming up from McEachern, and then a number two in in uh, 2025 with St. John Bosco. So we're going to have unbelievable basketball. Uh, I think the the entire weekend will be riddled with uh, with close and competitive games. And we did do a check this morning. This is breaking news. Uh, the the uh, Chiefs game will be able to be streamed on your phone inside of Great Southern Bank Arena on Saturday night. So Peacock does play inside the arena on your cell phone. Excellent. And will you tell the PA announcers not to give updates, right? Probably for those people that are trying to tape it. Anyone taping it. Well, here's what I know about Rick. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And and in today's world, if you're taping it, uh, I'm sorry. You're going to have too many ways to find out what's going on there. But uh, Edsel and Mark, I'm sure you guys will both be there, correct? We'll be there. Awesome. Should be a great uh, weekend again. I I just want to thank all three of you. You know, I go back to the mid-'80s and, and Edsel and, of course, my time at Drury with Edsel and Mark and just been a pleasure to work with all of you on the tournament champions and, and the other aspects of, of what we've done and, Josh, continuing on with you and being able to do the program. It's been uh, it's been my honor to be associated with the tournament champions. Thanks for everything you do to help thank us. Thank you, Scott. That's thanks do thanks for, the, for all your help. You bet. I appreciate that. It's going to do it for today's uh, podcast. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.